Welcome back, everyone, to Dowry, the Saudi football podcast, in which we look at the latest from the Saudi Pro League. Uh, there's been plenty of action and controversy since our last show. With me, as always, is Arab News Sports Editor Ali Khaled. Uh, first off, Ali, before we get to the latest from the SBL, uh, we like to keep an eye on uh, other sporting events taking place in the region and the kingdom. And there's been some big ones this week. Hi, Peter. Good to be back. Hope you're well. Very, uh, very unexcited. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So um, a couple of things, you know, over the last ten days or so, Jeddah has hosted the West Asian Football Federation, you know, the WAF Women's Championship. Uh, it's uh, the eighth edition, I believe. Uh, and uh, on Thursday night, it was won by an excellent Jordan team uh, who beat an equally impressive Nepal uh, 5-3 on penalties after the final finish 2-2. Nepal have been excellent throughout the tournament. Uh, Jordan, you know, one of the strongest teams in the region. Um, Saudi Arabia had exited the tournament in the group stage. You know, we know they're improving fast, but still, you know, like, uh, you know, Nepal are a very, very strong team and uh, uh, as are uh, <coughs> Jordan, who have been highest ranked of the Arab teams in the FIFA rankings, in the women's FIFA rankings. So, uh, but it's great to see, you know, these tournaments, uh, you know, taking uh, more and more taking place. Uh, it's fantastic for women's football starting to take off in the region. Um, you know, the, the first edition of this tournament was in 2005. This is, as I, as I mentioned earlier, this is the eighth edition. Uh, you know, these tournaments will raise the standard of the Arab nations. You know, we know the Asian teams are, you know, are stronger, uh, but, you know, the, these tournaments will help raise the West Asian uh, and nations. Uh, as I mentioned, Jordan has been the best of the Middle East, the best of the Arab teams for a while, but there was great performance from Lebanon and Palestine as well. Both reached the semifinals. Uh, uh, obviously, they they both lost, but uh, look, it's, uh, like I said, it's, it's great that these tournaments are continue to take place and that they're starting to take place in Saudi Arabia more. We know, obviously, about yeah. the Women's Premier League in, uh, in, um, in Saudi Arabia. A lot of top-class players from around the world are going there. A lot of Arab players are starting to uh, are playing there as well, from Morocco and other nations. Hopefully, tournaments like this will bring you know, some of the uh, um, players, maybe from Jordan, from Palestine, from Lebanon, also to, to the Saudi Arabia. We'll wait and see on that. But, uh, yeah, great stuff. Uh, the other thing uh, that's taking place awesome. th- th- this week... Uh, Pete is the LIV Golf or Live Golf, as we call it, uh, in Jeddah. Uh, you know, it's uh, the third edition. And look, uh, it, it, both uh, previous editions were won by Brooks Kopka. Uh, we'll wait and see. Yeah. I mean, this is the, everyone, all eyes are on, on that one as well. Uh, always a, a great event, really strong lineup as well. So, uh, yeah, we'll keep an eye on that and probably mention it. Hugely, next week as well. hugely strong lineup, Ali, as a, as a major golf fan myself. Uh, and a very poor player, may I add. It, it, it's fantastic to see uh, Liv going from strength to strength with some of the great players. Um, and, and of course, just new players joining, new additions, uh, new additions to the to the circuit as well. So yeah. definitely got more than one eye on that. However, we are here uh, for Dowry. Um, and again, one man has dominated the football headlines in Saudi Arabia over the last week. 
And I'm wondering if our listeners could guess who it is. Yes, I mean, indeed, can only be one man. Uh, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo once again has been in the news all week. Uh, <laughs> look, uh, you know, last week we, we chatted about all the big games that were, or the couple of big games that we were mm. uh, looking forward to. And uh, <clears throat> on Sunday, Al Nasser, you know, in, in the one of them, uh, Riyadh derbies, Al Nasser beat uh, uh, Shabab 3-2. Exciting game. But great game, yeah. yeah Ronaldo scored the first goal of the match uh, with a penalty, uh, it, it, but the match was overshadowed by, uh, well, should we say Ronaldo? Uh, uh, Ronaldo's obscene gesture, it was called, uh, after the Al Shabaab fans kept chanting uh, Messi's name, and of course, you know, it didn't go down very, very well with Cristiano, and he went over to the Shabaab fans and, you know, but like performed this gesture. Uh, he got charged by the Saudi authorities. And uh, he was found guilty, banned for one match and fined 10,000 Saudi rials, which is approximately, it's, it's, it's not a big uh, thing for him, you know, but like it's um, uh, approximately 2,600 US dollars. So I believe that was got... paid off in three, three and a half seconds. <laughs> yes, something <laughs> like that. And he uh, uh, was also, uh, I think, paid an extra 20,000 rials, I believe, to cover Al-Shabaab's costs because, you know, they uh, they put uh, the complaint forward. Sure. So, uh, yeah, it, it, you know, unsavory incident and not the first one. You know, there's been a few incidents with Ronaldo over the last year and all that. I mean, his his presence in Saudi football has been obviously fantastic he's uh, m- you know you could say we, uh, mostly positive uh, but yeah there's been a few incidents with fans you know which have rubbed a few people the wrong way uh, and this is the latest of them you know i guess uh, you know that that rivalry with messi still there you know uh, the, the the feelings he's human ali he's yeah human. yeah but uh, yeah so that's uh, that's that's what happened uh, uh, but what it meant uh, uh, Pete, missing that uh, uh, sorry, getting that one match ban, it meant that he missed an unbelievable 4-4 draw between Al Nasser and Al Hazm on Thursday night. It, 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 incredible stuff. A match so uh, Anderson Taliska, someone who I, I speak about quite a lot on this show, Peter, I'm a big fan of him, scored a hat-trick, but miss, Ronaldo was missing. And it, look, it, it, it looked like uh, um, Al Nasser had secured a win when Sadio Mani scored, very late, uh, scored a late penalty in stoppage time. But Al Hazen scored nine minutes into stoppage time to force a four-four draw. Incredible stuff, uh, which we will discuss with our guest very shortly because uh, he watched it and um, you know uh, wrote a match report on it for us as well. Um, you know, look, uh, this obviously the, the result would have been sweet news for Al Hilal. You know, who the 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 points difference between the two clubs was seven before. It's six now, but obviously they Hilal are still to play play a big match this weekend uh, against Al um, Ittihad, uh, the Saudi Classico. Uh, but you know Al Hilal are just on top form, and win will extend uh, the g- gap to like nine points. Um, look, last week, if you remember, Pete, we discussed they they were playing uh, Ittifak, and we mentioned how Steven Gerrard's team had strengthened in the winter. Uh, um, uh, transfer window, how they had won their first game back, first win in nine matches, really sort of a bit of a reset uh, for Ittifak, and we thought it might be an interesting one, you know. But we did still think, you know, obviously Al Hilal will come up, uh, uh, you know, will be victorious, and we were right; they won two nil. So uh, yeah, so that Ittifak renaissance was cut short, but you know, can't really blame them too much. It is Al Hilal, but yeah, I mean, what what it does mean that. You know, this could 
you know, we'll, we'll see later, but this could end up being a really significant few days in the, in the title race, you know, Al Nasser dropping points was, you know, obviously Al Hilal beating Ittifaq, Al Nasser dropping points uh, uh, on Thursday, and now Al Hilal playing uh, Ittihad in that massive match. We'll wait and see, uh, but yeah, could be the, the a few days that we will look back on and say that's where you know the the, the title mm-hmm. race shifted significantly away from Al Nasser. Absolutely, um, some. Big, big, big games coming. Just want just wanted to go back to Ronaldo. There was a brilliant uh, snippet that I caught Ali uh, of him watching, and I think he was blown away by the support he received from from his own crowd in, in the seventh minute, where they were chanting his name. And a very emotional uh, Ronaldo stood up and applauded the whole stadium. It was literally made the uh, the hairs stand up on the back of your neck. Brilliant stuff and perfect time. Speaking of bringing the hairs up on the back of your neck, uh, to bring in our Middle East football expert, John Durden. Uh, great to have you with us, John, as always. Thank you. What a great introduction as well. Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> Hi, John. Hope you're well, mate. I'm fine. Thanks. How are you? Very good, thanks. John, you watched the game yesterday. I mean, there's only one place to start. We will talk about Ronaldo later, but, but what a match last night. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, you know, remember Alazan was bottom of the table when when they kicked off, and um, and it was just first it was a fantastic advert for fantastic entertainment for the league. It was just great to watch, and just unbelievable how, especially the second half, how it unfolded four times, and I see it took took the lead, and you thought, well, this is it, going to kick on, and um, you know the visitors have hung on in there, but well, the class will tell. But four times they came back, and. Um, I think overriding uh, impression is, of course, is fantastic game to watch. But how the defending was just calamitous. It really was, especially mm. some of those goals that were conceded were just just a chaos at the back. Especially as the game got later and later. Um, I think it was Al Hazm's third. You know, the ball was bouncing around. There's lots of Nasty defenders around in the penalty area, but still, um, they allowed the allowed the goal. And um, yeah, I mean. For the neutral, fantastic in in the short term, but in the medium term, maybe not great for the title race because you know you you have to be beating the bottom team at home when you're up against Al Hilal, who just always win. And uh, it's just one of those things. It's a great match to watch, but I think it's going to be very very costly for a team who just can't keep clean sheets at the moment. And I think defensively, um, if you compare them to Hilal, Hilal are a bit machine like and keep winning, but they. The hard to score against, but uh, I think it's been eight games in the Saudi league now where Nasir haven't keep haven't catch clean sheets, and that's going to cost them. Yeah, John. I mean, you mentioned there, you know, like this could be costly. I was I was just uh, before you came on uh, mentioning, you know, could this be a, a decisive few days in the in the title race? It's a bit early as well, but I mean, a win for Al Hilal in the next match, which we will come to shortly. He makes it nine points, and and that's a lot. I mean, you know, I mean, we've seen Al Hilal pull back nine points. Never mind be uh, nine points, uh, nine, uh, be nine points ahead. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be costly, and you know, it's it, I mentioned Anderson Taliska. Uh, um, you know, the brilliant Anderson Taliska scored a hat trick. I mean, you score a you score a hat trick, and then you score a goal to put you in the lead in stoppage time. If you're going for the title, you really should wrap up this game. It shows, as you mentioned, just how poor their defending has been. Not only to concede three previously, but to actually, after all that, to take the lead in stoppage time and throw it away. 
I mean, how costly will that be? And, and we, we can't avoid saying it, you know, you know, would things have been different if Ronaldo was on the pitch? Well, it's interesting that in the past when Ronaldo hasn't played, Tolisca has really stepped up and uh, performed fantastically. And he looked devastated at the final whistle. I mean, he just sank to his knees and, um, and of course, he couldn't believe it like everybody else. But yeah, Ronaldo, you, you have to imagine that attacking-wise, the attack wasn't a problem for Anastasia. But of course, if you do have Ronaldo, then um, you should... You do increase your chances of winning, but then if you score four goals against a bottom team at home, then you should win. I mean, there's no getting around that. And um, you can't imagine if Ronaldo had been playing what against Al Shabab on, on Sunday. Um, they conceded two goals. He wasn't very happy with some of the defenders, and they showed that on the, on the pitch. You have to wonder what his reaction would have been last night had he been playing. Um, um, so, yes, I think he probably would have made a difference, but yeah, the, the issues were not in attack, uh, scoring goals. As everyone could see, the issues were conceding four goals against the bottom team in the, in, in the league, and that is um, hopefully isn't the end of the title race. And there's still, I think, 13 games to go, but it's a huge blow. Yeah, but John, we we mentioned last week, uh, over the last couple of weeks, actually, uh, Peter and I were discussing it with some of our guests that, as you know, as professional as Cristiano Ronaldo is, you know, like the ultimate professional, you know, and, uh, you know, just the machine that goes for everything will never allow his standards to drop all the standards of those around him. But we did mention that should there be, should Al-Hilal start to get away with it, you know, will Al-Nasser, you know, like focus maybe shift to the Champions League, you know, I mean, we would expect they will still give it 100%, they will still go for the league title. But, you know, like I said, like Al-Hilal are an absolute machine and if it gets closer uh, you know, to the finish line, and it looks like they're winning. Will Al Hilal, will Al Nasser, sorry, uh, you know, really start to focus on the Champions League? Yeah, well, I think they would anyway, but surely if they win the Champions League, which is something they've never done before, that is a successful season, whatever happens uh, in the domestic league. Um, it's similar, but then if you do keep the pressure on at home, maybe then you do make it more difficult for, I mean, it's quite possible. You meet Al Hilal at some point in the Champions League as well, and maybe That's right. keeping the pressure on them in the league forces Al Hilal also to um, prioritise what they want to do. Um, but yeah, it's so difficult. I mean, but this, with the attacking talent they have, Messi could be anybody. I think it could well be that the Champions League is the best chance of you know, major trophy this season. I mean, there's still time to go in in in, in the Saudi Pro League. Um, at some point, Hilal has to stop winning. They can't win every game, surely, even though. It seems to be that way at the moment, and uh, but to be far behind them in the league at, against any team, and it could be nine points by the end of um, this round, against any team that's going to be tough to um, get back. But against a team that wins almost every game, then you just can't see it happening. But I think, yeah, yeah I think you're right. It's going to be the best chance. I mean, what one thing we can say, John and Peter, is that these these two clubs do seem at the moment possibly the two best clubs in certainly in Saudi, but possibly in Asia as well. So we're, you know, it's going to be very exciting, very in- intriguing to see what happens in the Saudi Pro League and in the Champions League, you know, because, you know, a lot of people, including ourselves, are saying we really can't see past those two as the winners of the trophy. So, yep, we'll wait and see there. And, and you know, speaking of Al-Hilal, John, just to, I want to touch back on the, the, the match from last week. Ittifaq, you know, who had, after the break, uh, started with a win. You know, a, a positive uh, result for Steven Gerrard, who had extended his uh, uh, contract, been, you know, given a bit of freedom in the transfer window, more than, than any other Saudi club, really. And um, uh, so they, they 
come back with a win, but Al-Hilal kind of put a stop to that pretty quickly. Yeah, it was a real professional performance, just did what they had to do. Um, I saw in press reason, uh, Milinkovic Savic and scored a goal, and, and he's got grown and grown this season, I think, and you know, of course he doesn't get headlines of Mitrovic and maybe one or two others, but he was a real uh, figure of authority in the middle. Um, Ruben Neves, just, I mean, don't want to say Pete, but maybe, you know, he didn't go to Newcastle and he seems to enjoy life in, um, more and more in Riyadh. And it's just amazing to see a team in 24 games they've won in a row. It's just outrageous, really. And um, you feel that if they have to, maybe they've also got another gear because they just do it so professionally and so competently. Um, and they're a fantastically organised unit. And it's just can't see anybody stopping them, really. But you just hope that, not hope, um, at some point, but things can change very quickly as well. Um, an injury here, red card there, and they, they drop a couple of points, and then suddenly the pressure's on. Um, and maybe it won't be so simple, but at the moment, it's just this team's looking dominant. And as you mentioned, not only in Saudi Arabia, but also in Asia, you just can't see any team um, stopping them. In Asian terms, you know, the knockout format you know, gives teams a chance to hold on and maybe sneak a win in an in, in, um, elimination game. But it's, at the moment, yes, Al Hilal are head and shoulders, I think the best team on the continent. Yeah, I mean, up next for them, uh, not an easy match. Uh, um, the Saudi Classico against uh, the reigning champions, Al Ittihad, who, I mean, John, I know your views of Al Ittihad. We've discussed them a few times. Obviously, they're having a poor season. There's no way mm. around it. But um, you watched their last game as well. And, you know, while there's all sorts of speculation about Benzema, and obviously he's had a lot mm. of injuries, uh, you know, Abdurazak Hamdallah continues to be a pivotal for them. You know, there are two goals in the last game. You know, how do you see his influence on, uh, on them? You know, like we expected him probably to leave last summer, and he's still there and firing. Yeah, I think I've said before, I'm a big fan of his. He's a sparky character. He always wants the ball. And even when someone like Benzema comes into the team, uh, Hamdallah has a confidence. Um, someone say maybe more than confidence to still want to be the main man. Um, and he pops up and scores when his team needs him. And that's an, uh, you know, the, what, what you want from a striker. Um, and recently, he's been doing that more and more. Um, maybe Benzema's injured today. I mean, that, there are reports that he might be out. But maybe not a bad thing because he's been a bit cursed of late with his own goals and missing penalties and uh, his goals being disallowed. Um, I think also... With regards to today's game in Italy, they can you know sneak into the top three. They've been improving a little bit of late, um, so I think the rest of the league will be hoping that they can get something from from Al Hilal to make the title race. But also, this, the two teams meet again in the Champions League very very soon, and I think that's maybe also have an impact on today's game. How do Italy approach? I mean, again, Italy been they can go for the top three, but not going to win the title. Asia is the best chance of them. Um, you know, winning the third Asian Champions League, which would be a huge deal for them. Um, so maybe, again, they might focus on that. But it's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens today. But um, someone's got to stop, got to stop Al-Hilal sooner or later. And it could be, I mean, it's got to be you know, maybe a team like Itia because, you know, they have the attacking power to hurt Hilal. But um, can we keep them out of the other end? I'm not so sure. Yeah, I mean, last week we, we were looking at the fixture list and we said... Obviously, before Ittifak's match uh, uh, against Hilal, and we said Al Nasser might look at that match and hope for a, a favour from Ittifak. 
you know, who, you know, had a bit of confidence going into the match and maybe thinking that could be one of the games where Hilal dropped points. Obviously, that didn't happen. You know, Al Nasser, especially after the, the draw, the 4-4 draw against Al Hazm, will be now looking at this one and saying, well, could this be the game that, uh, you know, Etihad do us a favor or Al uh, Hilal drop points? Um, as you say, it's a winning machine, but they surely can't win every single match. So we'll wait and see. And and again, just touching on the point you made, you know, mentioned uh, Hamdallah, uh, you know, probably, you know, I mean, I wouldn't say blessing in disguise if, uh, if Benzema doesn't play, but... Let's just say Hamdallah deserves to start uh, after uh, his last performance, Definitely, and yes. could could be the the difference maker up front for them. So like a, a, a very very interesting match, and 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 of course you know we you know I'm sure this is something we'll discuss closer to the time. But the two play in uh, play each other in in the Champions League. That's absolutely massive. I mean, in, you know, massive for the uh, um, um, Saudi football. But again, just keeps uh, you know, like we said, it's it's Al Nasser and Al Hilal who are like really the the front two for the for that Champions League. Uh, so we'll wait and see what happens there. But you know, a shock there, and you know, Etihad will be in in the reckoning as well. Uh, as you said, you know, they are improving uh, after a very poor spell. So um, uh, yeah, well, I mean, uh, this is. Um, yeah, you mentioned again Etihad you know, sneaking the top three. You know, we'll wait to see Al Ahli as well, who you know looked to have—I wouldn't say like wrapped up third place, but looked comfortable in that third place position. You know, they're you know they're between Atau and below them, and uh, and the other uh, and the top two, of course. So could develop into an interesting one between Etihad yeah. and Al Ahli. Yeah, especially if we don't—if we end up not having a, a close title race, it could be. These kind of um, narratives will become more interesting for us as well as as, as observers. That you know the Jeddah Giants fighting it out at, uh, for, for the top three. But I mean, even with you know Al Hilal, I mean nobody would have expected last night that um, the game would have ended in a draw between the second place and the bottom. So it just goes to show it's not always when your rival has a tough game they might drop points. It can happen any time, and I think um, it could be a game that we completely don't expect and Hilal lose it. And even last-minute controversial decisions, suddenly everything changes. So um, I think for the neutral, that would be great. But um, but if it doesn't happen, you have to hold your hands up and just say, what a fantastic team. I'll allow them to just um, do it just a juggernaut heading for a trophy, so it seems. But you never know. And there's still some big, big games to come. Speaking of big, big games, John, as always, going to put you on the spot. Uh, uh, prediction, please, if you would, uh, for the classic match. That is Halal versus Itihad. I'm going to go for an Itihad win, just on the logic that, uh, just because Hilal have to lose sometime. And I think um, after what happened last night, in some ways it would be a nice balance if um, Hilal also dropped points. So I'm going to say 2-1 Itihad. Handelar gets both goals, one's a penalty. Big shout, big shout. And, and a penalty thrown in there as well from our uh, Middle East football expert, mm-hmm. feeling mm-hmm. confident. Great stuff. Uh, same question to you, AK. So look, I mean, um, if should that happen, should Al Ittihad win? Uh, as John mentioned earlier, that would be great for the for the for the title race for sure. Um, mm. But you know, it's just I never feel right going against Hilal. You know, you know, whatever the circumstances, I'm going to go for Al Hilal win two one. Uh, I do think Hamdallah will score uh, for Ittihad. But uh, probably Mitrovic will score twice, knowing him. You know, and uh, so I'm going to go Hilal mm-hmm. to. It's a hard one. 
Okay. Uh, normally don't get involved in these scenarios because I leave it to the experts. I'm just here to make sure that everybody plays nice. But I am going to throw my hat into the ring today because I fancy a very, very high scoring draw. I think there'll be goals and uh, I'm going to sit right on the fence. And uh, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go for a draw. Uh, as always, John, an absolute pleasure to see you and, and to have your insight uh, on, on Dowry. Thank on you Saturday very much. Football podcast. Uh, we hope to see you soon. So much going on in, in, in our world of football. And that's it for another episode. And as we always say to you, whoever your team is, we wish them luck this weekend in what's promising to be an absolutely thrilling season in our very own Saudi Pro League here on Dowry. Dowry.